Hey guys, it is Thanksgiving Day when I'm recording this episode on gratitude. And what I wanted to talk to you today is a simple, simple gratitude practice that you can do in five minutes or less that will give you three surprising but really big benefits. And I'll go over what those benefits are. But let me just give you a little bit of context. Why am I talking about gratitude? Well, today's Thanksgiving in the United States, and even with all the cultural and political and historical context, for me, Thanksgiving has always been about giving gratitude and giving thanks to the people around me, to those relationships that I have in my life and who are there to support me and guide me and believe in me and see the best in me, no matter the context and no matter what I'm doing. So this morning I was reaching out and contacting people in various aspects of my life, clients and friends and collaborators, colleagues, just letting them know how I appreciate them and why I appreciate them. And it's a beautiful practice because just like a workout, It really helps you flex the muscle that makes you better as a person and also gives you tons of benefits. And as I was doing that, I thought back of when did I learn this? When was the first time that I really knew the value of gratitude? And I rewatched a keynote speech I made at the graduation of my high school, not of my class, but of several classes later when I was invited to speak. And I had so much gratitude for what the school had done for me, not just the institution, but the teachers, the principal, the board of directors, my friends and classmates, their parents even. I had seven or eight stories I mentioned in that speech. And I'll link to that speech in the show notes if you want to watch it. It's super short, eight minute speech or eight or 10 minute speech. And I had so many stories about how the community around the school had helped me in the darkest of times for me and my family. Long story short, when I was in my junior year of high school, my father, who was the sole provider of my family at that time, he died in a car accident with two other doctors. And My country at the time was experiencing like a brutal hyperinflation. And when I mean brutal, imagine that you can buy something with $16 today. And nine months later, you need $3,500 to buy the same thing. That's the type of inflation I'm talking about. But your salary or your income doesn't change. So at some point in my life, I found myself, you know, without a father, without income and the state pension my mom and I were receiving together added up to no more than four US dollars per month. I think mine was two US dollars. Hers was two US dollars as well. Needless to say, that's beyond poor (laughs) and you can't do much. I mean, we were even struggling to put food on the table. I think our cat at the time was eating tofu or soy cubes, whatever was cheap to get on the market. And it was because of the community of the school that I didn't drop out. I was in a private school and obviously we can afford to pay tuition. And 
the sudden passing of my dad was further compounded by, you know, some family complications. You know, in, in my family, there was uh, there was some strife and conflict there, and there was also the fact that my father had died in the line of duty, doing his work as a doctor. But yet, it turns out that the hospital had this contract that he was actually fulfilling was off the table. It was kind of like a special favor of somebody of the hospital director. So this contract that they, the three doctors who were in the car and who died with my dad in that car accident was never really an official contract for the hospital. So when we were trying to get workers' compensation, the hospital sued us claiming that they were on a private trip. Anyway, all of this means that there were lots of things going on that meant that we couldn't get any income or any money coming in and the country was spiraling into hyperinflation. So we were getting poorer by the day. And it was really the people who are part of that community that really stepped in. They're the reason we didn't starve. They are the ones who gave me a side job. I was the parent of a classmate of mine. He found me somebody to teach English to, and that paid like $300. I mean, can you guys imagine being paid for something that literally is a hundred times your monthly income? That's how ridiculous it was. In any case, the fact that I managed to graduate that school, the fact that I then because I did well in school and because I was given the time to grieve and recover and catch up with homework and tests later, because the community stepped in and helped with tuition, even helped with the money that we each had to contribute for our prom, a prom night, which was something like $15 or $20 per person. My class raised that for me. Because of all that, I was not only able to graduate, but I was able to receive a full scholarship at an Ivy League university in the United States. So to say that I have a debt of gratitude to that school and that community is to put it mildly, to put it as an understatement. And I was very honored and privileged to have the opportunity to express my gratitude to the school at that graduation ceremony. But really... Gratitude itself is not connected to the actions that you're grateful for. It is separate. I could have, I could have taken these things for granted. I could have felt entitled to them. I could have even not received them. A lot of times I'm so surprised how many of us are so proud. It's kind of like this ego pride that we don't want to receive help. We don't want to receive support because to us, it means that we are less than, that we can't do it ourselves, that we are weak. So receiving support and equating that to weakness is a huge, huge trap that I've also fallen into. So I totally get it. But the fact that these things happen, these acts of generosity happened does not mean that they automatically generate gratitude in me. Gratitude is a very intentional value. It's a very intentional process that we choose to experience. You know, at the moment when we receive 
an act of generosity. We may feel thankful, we may feel a little bit embarrassed, we may feel blessed, we may feel happy. But gratitude in my mind is a more holistic and intentional process that we can live, we can live into it and then find these examples in our lives, find these things in our lives that are evidence for our gratitude, that add fuel to the fire of our gratitude, right? We need to supply the match, the lighting of the fire. The fact that we have a pile of wood, which means people have done deeds of generosity for us, doesn't mean automatically that there's going to be a fire. We need to light it up in our hearts with our intent to feel gratitude, to be grateful, to look for the evidence of our blessings in life. So that was part of my message to the graduating class of my school. I said, you need to cultivate the feeling of gratitude because it is like a homing beacon that will give you many benefits and like attracts like. So if you're grateful and you consistently talk and magnify and focus on the things that are going well, where you're receiving blessings, where you're receiving support, where things, doors are opening for you, that means that you're sending a signal to the universe that yes, I received this. I am grateful for this, which gives the universe a green light to send you more of that. When you complain and when you focus on what's not going well and what's not being done, then you're sending a red light to the universe saying, give me more of this because that's what I like to focus on. So what are the, what is the practice? What is the gratitude practice that you can do? Well, it really is super simple. It can be whatever is most natural to you, to your style. And it takes only a few minutes less than five minutes to start feeling that powerful surge of gratitude in your heart. You'll feel it like a wave, a warm wave of, of expansion. I like to like to write down through the course of the day. I have a quota for the day. I look for at least five or sometimes 10 things that I can appreciate and feel grateful for. And a lot of the things that we have that are really privileges, we take for granted. We don't appreciate or feel the joy of having them or of being in a place that's comfortable, you know, like having a super comfortable mattress, having a really warm and luxurious blanket. Those are things that we can appreciate. Having an electric toothbrush, you know, I grew up in a country where the water was not, didn't have fluoride. So we had lots of cavities as kids. And back in the day, they didn't used to give us anesthesia before drilling our teeth. So, you know, anytime I saw kind of when I first came to the United States and I saw the advancement, the type of technology, the type of toothpaste and, and toothbrush technology that was available in the U.S., it was such a blessing for me. There's a woman who wrote a book about living with the Maasai tribe in Africa, and she lived with them for about one or two years. If you guys don't know, the Maasai maintain their traditional way of life, which means they have to go fetch water. They have to do everything from scratch. They live in these mud huts. And she said when she moved back to Germany, she was German, and 
for the first one month living in an apartment in Germany, she, every day she would be grateful and fascinated the fact that what used to take her an hour to go and fetch water and bring it back and heat it up, that she could just turn on the tap of hot, hot water and she would have hot water instantaneously. So these are the things, especially if you've been in an environment or a situation where you didn't have something basic, it really helps you to remind yourself that you have it now or you have access to this and it's, it's, it's great and isn't it amazing how comfortable it is or how good it is to have that, you know, to have clothes that are nice and done with quality. Again, I think back to my childhood. I grew up in a post-communist country where it was so hard to get anything that we could afford that was high quality. We literally had all the leftovers, the cheapest goods from China would end up in our markets. And I had these running shoes. I, I dreamed of sneakers, of having running shoes that didn't crease and have these awful, awful, ugly looking creases and tears on them after I'd worn them for a few weeks, but that would, you know, bend and then resume their shape without a tear or a crease. You know, that to me, I remember was an actual dream. I wanted that. And I wanted to have more than one pair of jeans a year, right? So if, or even if you've grown up having all of these things and, you can't relate to, you know, not having clothes or shoes or, or any of that. Maybe if you've gone on an adventure someplace where like, let's say you went on, you went sailing. I remember I went sailing with a bunch of friends from college and their biggest question when we, before we signed up to sail, because it was going to be 10 of us on a sailboat in the Caribbean that had a small water tank. And so the question, or all the women, we had to commit, all the girls had to commit to not, not wash our hair excessively and not to use conditioner to rinse because the water was so precious and it was hard to get enough water. The water pressure was non-existent. So I just remember feeling so grateful for having fresh water to rinse all the salt from me, from my body. And when I came back on land, I'm like, oh, that shower, you know, lots of water, lots of pressure, how nice it feels. When I go on my mountaineering expeditions, the same thing. I mean, we go weeks without washing ourselves, taking a shower. I mean, we do smell when we come down. It's, it's pretty gross. But that first shower feels just like you've You've landed at a five-star hotel, even though it might be some sort of hostel somewhere. And, and it's just, you're sitting in the shower and you're having this amazing appreciation and gratitude. It's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It feels so amazing, right? So when you go around your life looking for things to be grateful for and have this list, and you can do it in the morning or before bed at night, just write down the five things that happen in the day that you feel grateful for. And these could be small things. Again, you can always find something you're grateful for. Always, always, always. Doesn't have to be a big thing. Could be a tiny thing. Like I said, a shower, you know, a really nice toothbrush. These things are small, but they are important. It doesn't really matter what you appreciate. It's the feeling, it's the, it's the igniting the fire of appreciation, the gratitude that is important. 
So that's about the practice. Now about the benefits of it. The first benefit of having such a simple practice, and I like to usually practice things for at least 30 days. Then if I go 30 days of practicing something, I then try to stretch it to a hundred days uninterrupted run. So if you guys are starting a gratitude practice, I recommend first be consistent for 10 days. When you get to the 10th day, okay, say, let's see if I can make it to day 30. When you get to day 30, say, well, if you feel like it, do I want to go for a hundred days of this? So that's how habits get built little by little. Back to the first benefit of the simple gratitude practice. It is, and, and this to me, honestly, is kind of a side effect a byproduct of the practice, but it has the most kind of commercial value, (laughs) success value for my audience, my podcast audience, which is a lot of ambitious entrepreneurs and a lot of ambitious female professionals in tech. And that benefit is that by practicing gratitude daily, what you're doing is you're training your opportunity spotting muscle. Let me repeat that. You are training your opportunity spotting muscle. What is this muscle? Well, I believe that life is a string of doors opening of opportunities. But because life is so rich and we are doing so many things and, you know, the universe is so complex, we as human beings, our brain is wired to simplify and edit out things. For those of you guys there's, who have seen experiments, you will know that it's been proven that the human brain actually is ignoring or is editing out a lot of things that happen around us. We are just consciously not remembering them, not noticing them, not seeing them because our focus is elsewhere. It's kind of like deployment of limited focus resources, right? So so we're going around, it's kind of like having this finite focus currency we're walking around daily with, and we have only so much to spend. Let's say it's a hundred points of focus currency. We really are using it on anything that we place our attention on throughout that day. So when we are placing attention on what's not going well and all the grievances that we have, We literally don't have any money, any currency left over to spend on things that may be new signs or green lights in areas of our life that, you know, if we are to focus on them, if we are to pay a little bit of attention, then we'll follow that thread to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's like, you know, when you're in a grouchy mood and let's assume the pre-COVID days you are probably, let's say you're standing in a line and you are so focused on things blowing up at work and your nose down in your iPhone, answering emails or worrying or monitoring some chat that's going on, right? But the person next to you or the person in line next to you is really chatty and they are, you know, curious about you and want to chat with you. You kind of are annoyed and you brush them off. Well, what if you were in the mood to chat them up? And what if you were to find out that they worked at a very interesting company? And what if it turns out that they were like a perfect potential customer or they knew somebody who 
was really valuable to your career or to your next step? What if they could connect you to another opportunity? What was that missed window right there? Because you were so focused and stressed out and worried about something that you just ignored this person. They were a distraction. You didn't follow your curiosity. You didn't follow that thread to see if there's, you know, if there's something interesting there, being curious about others, what's going on with them, not just being focused on your stuff only. That is also the muscle that gets trained by gratitude. Because gratitude is focused outward, just like curiosity is. And that is like really our opportunity spotting muscle. The only way you're going to see an opportunity if you're focused inwards on your own needs, worries, and fears is if something hits you with a two by four. And even if it does, chances are you'll be so engrossed in your worries that you'll probably not even pay attention to the opportunity, even if it was like right in front of your face. So that's the first benefit of the gratitude practice. It does give you, it does train your spotting. It's like you are becoming trained, train tracker, you know, somebody who can follow footsteps or tracks and, and read little, little tiny signs because you are paying attention to the small things. You're paying attention to the nuances. You're paying attention. You're looking for what could go right than what could go wrong. And therefore you will find more things that could possibly go right. The second benefit of the simple gratitude practice is that, you know, when we focus on something for a few minutes and we tell ourselves these stories and examples of things that we appreciate and that we feel grateful for, it really lifts up our mood, lifts up our mood because, you know, the biggest, I think one of the biggest lies or misconceptions out there is that our happiness is a function of what we have including achievements. At least that's what we're told by society. But that's not what makes us happy. In fact, I've talked about this in other podcast episodes when I summited Denali, guys, when I had that achievement of standing on the summit of the tallest mountain in North America. That didn't magically make me happy. In fact, there was a little bit of a of a, of a slump, of a letdown afterwards because I did expect, expect it to deliver this amazing rush of happiness and fulfillment. And it didn't. What made me happy was the whole journey and the experience of climbing with my team and all the adventures we had on the way up and on the way down. So happiness is not a function of what we have. It's not a function of, of our achievements, but rather it is the function of the thoughts that occupy our mind at any one point. So. By definition, if we change our thoughts for at least a few minutes, our mood, our happiness will shift as a result because we're changing our thoughts. The third benefit of this simple gratitude practice is that you will become a radiator, a transmitter of gratitude and appreciation because you'll be walking around like you know, looking for excuses and ways that you can thank somebody, you can appreciate someone, you can, you know, let them know how much they mean to you, which are all conversations we don't have, guys. We don't have those on a daily basis. One of the most important moments of my life happened 
a few days before my dad died, before my dad passed away in a car accident. As I mentioned before, there was some family drama in the family at that point, And my dad was really brokenhearted because of what somebody in the family had done. And he was feeling really, really brokenhearted. And one day I just saw him and this was not our usual relationship. We would never talk about feelings or I love yous was never part of our vocabulary. He was more of a very kind of driven dad who was, who respected me a lot. He had a lot of admiration for me and my academic achievements and my intellect and my ability to do well in school. But you know, the whole emotional thing was kind of foreign territory. So one day I saw him being so crestfallen and I just remember putting my arms around him, giving him a hug and saying, you know, dad, no matter what goes, what's going on, I love you. I want you to know that I love you and that I really, really love you. And Guys, this was a few days before he died. And because he died suddenly, I didn't have a chance to be with him at the point where he crossed over. So I didn't have a chance to tell him that I loved him. But because I made the time to do so on a regular day, now that's become kind of like an emotional anchor for me. That's, you know, I, I'm so glad that I did that. And this morning, this morning, I can give you an example of kind of how that played out in a beautiful way. I am supporting a client in Asia in producing their online challenge, which is going really well. There's a lot of people signing up for it. And so because they don't celebrate Thanksgiving over there, today was the working day for them. It was their evening, my morning. So I woke up and I did about two hours of Zoom calls with them, with the whole team over there. And it was exciting. It was great to support them. And again, this is, this is, this is a client from whom I will be starting to wake up at 345 in the morning for the duration of their challenge, you know, next week for seven days straight, because that's, that's the best time for their audience. And this morning when I went on a Thanksgiving call with them, I didn't feel any resentment. Quite on the contrary, I felt such appreciation for being able to support them at this time, for this project going so well, for them getting excited about it, for them really feeling the energy and the excitement of giving back and doing this training for their audience. And I spoke to that at the end. I said, you know, guys, Thanksgiving, this is the best way to start my Thanksgiving with you guys, because I'm so grateful for you and so grateful for what you're doing for your clients. And they all beamed and they said, Lisa, you, I hope you are seeing that we're not treating you like a consultant. And I said, absolutely. I know that you guys really appreciate and value me. And that's why we work so well together. So gratitude really allows you to start like it really is a beautiful magic power that allows you to make everybody around you feel better about themselves about being with you and one of the maxims i've lived in my life that i practice practiced in my career and practice in my business now is people will not remember what you did for them or what you worked on but they will remember how you made them feel so as we wrap up here, I am so grateful to you for listening to this podcast, for being a member of this community. And I encourage you to start implementing a simple gratitude practice in your life and watch it transform everything.
I'm grateful for you. I'll see you on the next episode.